Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Wild Country Nation. It's time for your Saturday morning wake-up call. Northwest Wild Country is on the air. Welcome to America's number one fishing, hunting, and outdoors radio show. And it's all brought to you by Waypoint Marine Group in Ballard and by Garmin Electronics. Now your Wild Country crew, Dwayne England, and your host, Joel Shangle. Well, good morning, Wild Country Nation. Saturday morning here on Sports Radio 950 KJR and Comcast. Sportsnet Northwest, you can hear us around the country on the iHeartRadio app. Dwayne, fall is officially here. Fall has has fallen. We got uh, the sort has of, uh, arrived. Kind of sunny, early, gentle yeah. arrival into fall. But uh, A little bit of rain as of late. Yes, fall is here. I asked you, I asked you hey, man, you were supposed to go fishing yesterday. And uh-huh. the answer was, no, I did not. I was busy clearing stuff off my I was blowing leaves. Yeah. Yeah, no, you know, uh, we had a pretty good, pretty good jump. Went out uh, midweek after we got that first uh, shot of rain, and even the Wainucci got filthy. I mean, it's it's truly, the, it was the first big wash we've had. Yeah. We've had little bumps of four and 500 yep. on the lower hump, you yep. know, and kind of watch the gauge and look at weather forecasts coming in, and that one pushed it up pretty good. When you start getting into the 2000s of CFS, then you start grabbing all the dirt, and uh, things dirtied up pretty the good. The first official flush of the yep. fall, I guess mm-hmm. you'd call that. So, But that means that uh, come Tuesday, Wednesday, Things should be in pretty good shape. Yeah, it's that time of year, Joel. You really yep. got to watch weather forecasts, river forecasts, mm-hmm. and kind of pay attention. And then the turbidity, you just never know how dirty or filthy things are going to get. And I guarantee that first yeah. wash always takes longer to clean out and get back to a green condition mm-hmm. where sure. even a couple feet of visibility where we can get coho to react to twitch jigs and those types of things. And then beyond that, once you start getting better clarity, you know, bait starts really cranking it up. But uh, the nice thing is we get away from that low water mm-hmm. um, with only a few options to fish and tons of persons around yeah. and, yeah. you know, lots of pressure. So now yep. we get fish all the way throughout the system, all the way the upper stretches. The pressure is going to, you know, also spread out on the river. And the fish, as they move up and you get a little bit of uh, filth to the water, man, they'll start biting and we, things are going to get good. Yeah, we have, we have sort of stretched our legs a little bit with the coho season this year so as we headed mm-hmm. into it uh, we didn't really expect to have much of anything we've gotten little gains here and small gains there and so forth and so we'll talk a little bit about some coho opportunities that exist throughout uh, the pacific northwest we'll go up north and we'll talk to cal stocking of yeah. uh, cause for divorce guide service of course the skagit system and the cascade are are fairly important coho rivers and uh, and we have opportunities there which of course we didn't expect that we would have so right. so we'll get a little bit of an update i know for a fact that the nets have been Fairly heavy in the Skagit, mm-hmm. so I mean, who knows how you know exactly how that's going to affect things? Right. Like we do know, but um, we'll get an update from Cal. Just kind of get a look at how that that uh, fishery may fish over the next handful of days. Uh, we'll also spend a little bit of time talking, so hopefully, to Jack Glass of Team Hookup Guide Service. Now they're down on the Solets this year. Yeah, the Solets has been a river where you could you could uh, selectively keep a wild coho. That's not the case this year, mm-hmm. but that river is one that has been known to produce some of the bigger fish. Right. In the state of Oregon, so I'm kind of kind of curious about that. Jack uh, texted me back late last night. I didn't really expect to be able to hear from him, but as luck would have it, 
we do have a check-in from Jack Lass. <laughs> so, would have it. So that that will be good. Uh, we'll, we'll, while we're down south in Oregon, we'll continue down south. We'll talk to Andy Martin mm-hmm. of Wild Rivers Fishing. We had mentioned, oh, it was two weeks ago, that uh, the Chetco bubble was going to be split into two seasons. Right. Now, that's kind of a rare thing. They don't, normally don't do that. But they've had the first half of the season, uh, plenty of fish. The weather was not that cooperative. Right. Uh, very windy, kind of kind of tough outside the mouth of the Chetco. So today is the start of the second half of the split season. So we'll check in yeah. with Andy here in the first hour and get a little bit of a, of a look-see. And you mentioned that you'd seen photos uh, on, on social media from the South Coast in general, the Rogue, yeah. um, possibly the Coos and so forth. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they've got plenty of fish for sure. Well, when you start talking Big Chinook mm-hmm. in Oregon, that's, I mean, we're looking at you those do. coastal rivers and these yeah. areas that we like to key in on. And, man, I tell you, they <laughs> they put up some dandies year in and year out. When you talk Big Fish in Oregon, you don't generally talk coho. No. We're talking Big Coho. We're talking our yep. coastal streams. And for sure. You pull some donkeys up there out of, you know, the Skagit from time to time. But, uh, boy, the, the size of these coho this year that we're seeing in the early runs and the hatchery fish are big. Mid-teeners, sure. very healthy fish. Uh, we're gonna, Hopefully, if we do check in with Jack, and he's talking yeah. about Solettes and whatnot, and he starts talking big coho, that there just, again, shows you that ocean conditions were favorable, that we have a lot of larger returning fish. And, man, if that's the case... I cannot wait to see what Andy starts pulling out of the Chetco once they get in river. You want to talk Big Chinook. I think around oh boy. Thanksgiving through Christmas mm-hmm, time, mm-hmm. there will be some fantastic, uh, fantastic size Chinook coming Yeah, out. it was, four, it was uh, four years ago, roughly this time of year, that uh, they landed a 68-pounder. That, yeah, that photo that we've exactly. shown on, on the show and we've shown on Facebook, a 60, mm-hmm. nearly 70-pound Chinook, Chinook out of yeah. the Chetco. So yeah. obviously big fish swim there. We're going to hopefully hit on this, and this is a little bit of a kind of a divergence. You mentioned something that kind of tripped something. We're going to talk, hopefully, over the next couple of weeks with somebody from the Department of Fish and Wildlife who can tell us a little bit more about run forecasting. Uh-huh. This was part of the discussion. You know, uh, we didn't really get to do it last week. I mean, it didn't was one of those quite touch it. Didn't enough. quite yeah. get there, but yeah. you know what? It's it, that's okay. So we'll follow up last week's discussion with the Ask the Director special. We'll follow that up over the next mm-hmm. handful of weeks with with some more information, but. You found some information out that I find extremely interesting about uh, the run habits of coho. Right. Like, you would assume that, you know, these, these 16, 17-pounders are, are from a different age class. Mm-hmm. They, are, they are not, no. as it turns out. No. I, That's Larry, unbelievable to me. Well, you know, it's like you and I often say, every time you talk to Larry Phillips, you learn something. Absolutely. And, uh, he's bounced around his career in so many mm-hmm. different areas within WDFW. Correct. He used yes. to, you know, work in, in, in River, in mm-hmm. uh be part of the forecast and stuff. And, you know, after my discussion with him, Shangle, I thought, well, for crying out loud, you know, we're lucky if weather forecasters can get it correct a week out. Yeah. We're forecasting a coho return a year and nine months. Mm-hmm. Out, correct. Okay. Correct. So put that into perspective. We're yeah. talking weather forecasting. We're talking fish, fish return forecasting, forecasting yeah. mm-hmm. a year and a half plus. Right. Trying to decide how much is going to be available. Correct. And uh, it doesn't, it doesn't, crossover chinook forecasting is so completely different than coho and as you mentioned and we probably you know we're going to get going on this so we better stop but yeah a six pound coho and a 20 pound coho are a three-year fish consider that there is no four-year coho that was news to me i assumed that a percentage of fish would stay out and they have to Mm -hmm. to feed and grow aggressively and come back those fish that didn't show up last year in my pea brain of a head, I'm yeah. going, oh, they're going to well, show up bigger next year. A percentage yeah. of those fish had to stay out because yeah. look at the size of the coho we have coming back yep. this year. And that is not the case. They're still all three-year fish. That's the rule. That's the way it works. We didn't design it. 
but uh, that's yeah. what they do. So I was I was totally cut off. Guard so that, that discussion is one that we we will table for the moment. Yes. However, hope hopefully next week we can get somebody who is involved in the forecasting process mm-hmm. who can walk us through a detailed description of exactly how it is the department arrives at the numbers that they arrive at. Right. I mean, you know, correct or incorrect, there there are there there is methodology there. Yes. And so we're going to try to to discuss that methodology. But anyways, that's our. That's our early fall project. So we're going right. to try to figure out exactly what goes into this whole forecasting thing. In the meantime, also on the show, <laughs> Get back on also track. on the show today, I, I, I was fascinated by that. I mean, just the brief conversation we had yesterday, I was just blown away yeah. by that particular fact. Well, once you unwrap that, you understand how we ended up where we ended up in 2015. Mm-hmm. Correct. And how we're ending up where we're ending up in 2016. It makes complete sense. And I'm not going, hey, uh, it's okay to misforecast. They're not. They're not happy when they miss the Not forecast. at all. Not at all. It's a very difficult process. But yeah. once you shed light on it and understand what it really takes to, to nail it down, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. go, well, for crying out loud, it's we're lucky if they get it right 25% yeah. of the time. Yeah, yeah. Also on the show today, we'll talk to uh, Bob Kratzer of Angler's Guide Service. He is stationed this morning at the mouth of the Cowlitz River. Now, the Cowlitz has been a good opportunity in river for Coho, but uh, we had some rain, so that's obviously changed that a little bit. So we'll talk to Bob a little bit about uh, the uh, the bite at the mouth. I would imagine he's going to tell us that they've got both Chinook and Coho a plenty. I I mean, so, I, yeah. Again, courtesy of co- social media, I know that mm-hmm. to be the fact because Bob has been – He's he's been smoking them. So yeah. so we'll get a little bit of an update on the conditions there. Probably maybe try to get a little bit of a look ahead to the rest of the fall as far as the the north coastal fisheries go. And then uh, we'll finish up the show with a uh, a takeaways from the October first last week's Ask the Director special. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But in the meantime, let's jump into the Wild Five for this Saturday, October the eighth. Uh, item number one: We have a B run windfall steelhead that is on the columbia river system go figure so we've had sort of a sort of a i want to say dismal but a disappointing return on the columbia river system and lo and behold if the hatchery component of uh, the b-run steelhead mm-hmm. isn't double what the forecast was 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 thought to be yeah double so the number of hatchery fish we're well more than a hundred thousand plus less of what we mm-hmm. had the previous year and so yeah. you look at it and you go holy smokes we got no steelhead coming back but all those fish are destined, obviously, for other upriver tributaries off yep. of the Columbia. For and sure. just by chance, the Clearwater, as you as you just mentioned, mm-hmm. has double the forecast. You know, so we are going into it thinking there's going to be eighteen thousand hatchery yeah. returning yeah. to that B run, which are those big, ornery, aggressive steelhead that you everybody bet. loves to go tangle with. Mm-hmm. And holy smokes, it's going to be upwards of thirty six thousand forecasted. Yeah, let's see if they actually meet it. And the accuracy on that should be pretty good because mm-hmm. now we're talking actual dam counts. Absolutely. We're, we're not just talking a forecast no. that's kind of hanging out mm-hmm. there. We're talking actual fish that have gone over Bonneville and moving upward. So the likelihood of the Clearwater receiving 36,000, Johnny Albridge, pretty good. So pretty good, right? as luck would have it, we have an October 15 beginner to the catch and keep right. section or portion of the of the season on the season. So pretty safe bet that next week we'll be talking to somebody on the Clearwater River. More than but likely. It, but in mm-hmm. the meantime... You can catch them at the mouth of the Deschutes. I mean, they, there will be dip-in opportunities for oh, yeah. B-Run Steelhead all the way up the Columbia River. So yeah. if, you, if you've got sort of a kind of a, an offshoot terminal fishery, there's a pretty fair chance that you will, if you're in the John Day, if you're in the Deschutes, mm-hmm. if you're in any of those rivers, mm-hmm. you may see some of these B-Runs. So so in, in in sort of a year of not good news, this this is a this is a good piece of news. Oh, it absolutely is, yeah. Going into it, I mean, three weeks or more ago, you know, we were yep. reporting how much how down those anticipated steelhead mm-hmm. returns were mm-hmm. going to be. And those uh, those upper tributaries, it wasn't looking good. 
Not at all. Now, it may not look good for the rest of them, mm-hmm. but hey, as far as the Clearwater is concerned, you know. That's right. We'll focus on the bright spot for this one. There you one. go. Yeah. Well, it should be for Carnival. They have the largest steelhead hatchery in the world. For sure. Yep. It's up there on the upper Clearwater. Yep. Item number two, release the red bands in Lake Roosevelt. This has been this has been bandied about for, for a while. This is yeah, not a, kind of a news, but but mm-hmm. the Department of Fish and Wildlife has officially decided that uh, I don't I don't believe they've released a date when this rule will take effect. Uh, current regulations allow you to keep five five rainbows uh-huh. on Lake Roosevelt. They can be either hatchery or wild. You can keep, I believe, it's uh, two over twenty inches. They will change that rule in I want to say it's going to be the middle of December, but before next year, mm-hmm. where you will have to release. Uh, all native fish in Lake Roosevelt, which is as it should be. I mean, the red band is. I mean, it's a it's a you know protected. It's a very yeah. limited number of fish. So, uh, good good ruling on the on on DFW's part of my in my opinion. Well, much like you know you're you can you're allowed to keep up to two wild mm-hmm. uh, kokanee of yep. them, a large kokanee over there, and for good reason. You don't want to fish those out either. Once we lose those genetics, holy yep. smokes, they're gone. Yep. Can't duplicate that in the hatchery, really. So. You want to get those big ones to uh, remain and spawn, and then that allows us to continue to have a fishery. Yep. Release the red bands on Lake Roosevelt. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll follow up uh, with the official ruling here when it comes along. Uh, Item number three, yep, time to get your crab on. So we have openers in uh, Marine Area 9, parts of Marine Area 9 and Marine Area 11 as of yesterday. And then uh, next Saturday we have pretty much the entire sound opens up. Pretty much everything from, from Nia Bay inside. Except for there are a couple of exceptions, but the bottom line is that the the what what is called the winter crab season is uh, is officially is officially underway, yep. and that's that's an opportunity that a lot of folks look forward to. Well, it usually performs pretty well, really well. First of all, yep. you have far less pressure. You don't have near the amount of crab pots as you do as the summer mm-hmm. summer opener because yeah, I mean there's not there's a lot of fair weathered crabbers, but absolutely not so much in the fall when it's cold. Absolutely, for it's sure. Not, not really more of a family event. Not as much, no. Not as, not as comfortable, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, item number four, this is your last chance. So two weeks ago, we had mentioned uh, the Choice Ammunition, oh, uh, yeah. www.choiceammunition.com, based in Victor, Montana, uh, would allow you 25% off your first order. Actually, just just one order, 25% off. This is, this is hand-loaded ammunition, so basically if you're if you're preparing for the hunting seasons, which you should be, it's it's. I mean, they have begun. Uh, choice ammunition. Go to choiceammunition.com. All you have to do is text the word choice to four nine four five one. Hit us over here on the text tool. Yeah. Text the word choice at four nine four five one. We'll hit you back with a code which gives you twenty five percent off uh, custom hand loaded ammunition from uh, from my buddies at Choice Ammunition over in Victor, Montana. It's a good deal. Really good. One deal. order. No no limit on the order though. No limit on the order. Right? One order. You can order as many as you want, but mm-hmm. just uh, just throw it into one order. You'll get that twenty five percent off. Great deal. Yeah. Uh, and uh, finally, the uh, the the fifth item on our uh, Wild Five, and this kind of refers back to what we talked about in the first of the show. We will have the Ask the Director follow up at the end of the show. So we'll, we're going to talk about last week's show mm-hmm. throughout the course. So just for a quick reminder for those of you who did not get to listen to it uh, or see it on Comcast, uh, Dwayne had last week. I was off in Louisiana, but Dwayne had had three guys from the Department of Fish and Wildlife who were fairly important to sort of the decisions that are made throughout the course of the year. Uh, we had uh, Ron Warren, we had uh, uh, Jim Unsworth, and Mick Cope. Mm-hmm. So, you know, fish and wildlife together. And it, it, was a, it was a great show. If you have not yet, I urge you, go to iTunes, go to, go to um, the sports radio page, and go listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Listen to the podcast. And, of course, the follow-up on the Facebook page, has, has, it's, still, it's still going. It's still going. And mm-hmm. I expect it to, I mean, let's, let's not table this discussion. Right. Let's keep, let's keep it going. I mean, obviously... We knew going into this, Dwayne, that there was not a chance in hell that, that you were going to be able to deal with every 
item, every issue, every no. question, every complaint, every idea or thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, you covered a whole bunch of territory. Obviously, a whole bunch of territory <laughs> still left to cover. Yeah. But the bottom line is that um, you know we we did get some things out of the three gentlemen. Uh, and first of all, we were very grateful that they took the time to do it. As you right. pointed out also on Facebook, this is their personal time. Yeah, They didn't have to come do this. They didn't no. have to sit in the studio. They didn't have to answer any questions, sure. frankly. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to spend some time at the end of this show. We'll, we'll analyze what we think we got out of this. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we definitely got some things out of it, wouldn't you say? Oh, we absolutely did. I mean, you know, there, there's kind of three camps involved with this thing as far as those that, you know, listened and or watched mm-hmm. or, you know, are going back listening to the podcast. Yeah. Multiple times trying to decipher exactly what did Ron Warren say, what did the director say. Yeah. Um, you know, you're never going to, for those that are in the small camp of, you know, tribes need to stop fishing. Mm-hmm. We need to be able to harvest all the fish and stop producing fish for them and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. That's never going to happen. No. So just stop. Yeah. You know, uh, I I put forth the gillnet question. Mm-hmm. and. Myself and a lot of others were a little disappointed with the action that Jim Unsworth gave us. Absolutely, but yeah. That's where it's at right now. Mm-hmm. Can't you know? Myself, obviously, everybody knows where you and I stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why not get the heck get those gill nets out of the river? For sure. You know, yep. let's stop gill netting in our terminal areas where we're trying to manage fisheries based on ESA directed you know uh, protection, and that that is just a fine line that they walk. Yep. And you know, do I want more answers? Yeah. How many? Yep. How many of these Chinook that should be hitting the gravel are being taken out of these terminal areas? Because this is how we continue to manage these fisheries. Well, we didn't get that answer. No. Hopefully mm-hmm. down the road we're going to get that answer. Absolutely. But, you know, there's there's things that we heard that were favorable. Mm-hmm. There's things that were kind of left in the, in the open. And mm-hmm. and there's some things that were delivered in more of a political correctness. Correct, yes. You know, and that's yeah. that's the fine line they walk it, because they do have to go back to the table with the co-managers. They, right? do, they do indeed. It's a, it is a... Um, it's a precarious position they find themselves in, you know, frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, to the displeasure of many sport anglers. I mean, yeah. that's just the way it works out. I mean, yep. that's and we and we warned folks the week before coming in. And listen, we don't we don't expect that we're going to hear a lot of things that are going to make us extremely happy. As a matter no. of fact, there are probably there will probably be some issues where we when when we ask the question, mm-hmm. we know we're not going to get a definitive answer. Sure. We, we just realized that because mm-hmm. it, it is a little bit of a political game that they have to play. Yep. And, and frankly, didn't really expect them to be 1000% forthcoming on every single <laughs> thing that we talked about. Right. And, uh, there, I mean, there's, like you said, there were so many topics to try and tackle the mm-hmm. evening before. The great ones. And once we realized you were going to be out of town, yeah. I was trying to wrap my head around mm-hmm. how to focus I mean, we had our show sheets ready to go. We had our main topics. Absolutely. But she kind of got to intro the show with, gosh, we still got, I still struggling to try and so pin it down so because much. there's so much. Uh, and there were, you know, a few folks that fired off on, on the Facebook page. You didn't even ask the question of, or you mm. didn't get my question asked or mm. answered. And mm. I, I realized that. Yeah. And uh, tried, have gone back and tried to respond to a number of folks via Absolutely. Facebook to yep. say, here is what. I understood as to what Ron said mm-hmm. in this particular answer. Um, you know, we talked about what does it mean, you know, 50-50. We didn't really get to the to get a definition on in common with, no, which is one no. I want to continue to Absolutely, pursue, right? Absolutely, for sure, yeah. Uh, I can tell you where I'm at. 50-50 really doesn't matter mm-mm, anymore. Mm-mm. Not that I've given up on it. No. Not that I don't want to continue to fight for it. Right. But when I hear things about seasons are set based on – Rate and effort, yep. and I put a des- definition on there 
uh, on the Facebook page of what that really meant. What Ron yep. said in reference to my hardline question on how is it that they can continue to harvest fish when they've hit their 50% mm-hmm. margin. Right. Because you and I and everybody else thinks, hey, it's 50-50. We're entitled yeah. to our 50%. Yeah, 50 and you're done. I don't like hearing from the department, well, recreational community can never catch their 50%. That led us down the road years ago to foregone opportunity. Yes, absolutely. What does foregone opportunity mean? It yeah. means money left on, off the table. That's true. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's really what it means. So when there are fish, an abundance of fish swimming past nets and recreational anglers hitting the gravel yep. i look at it as a conservation win absolutely i look at it yeah. as you know fishing for the future mm-hmm. certain parties look at it as lost opportunity Missed to put money in the wallet yes okay correct. which is unfortunate yeah um so i i am now uh to understand well i guess 50 50 doesn't have a lot of weight right. rate and right. effort and escapement needs and all those things and these are a lot of terms that people are right now scratching their head going what in the hell is Dwayne talking about mm-hmm. well uh, we'll continue to put information on the Facebook page. We will. We will. We'll continue to have this discussion. Yep. And we'll try to get it into language that we all understand yeah. so we know where yeah. we're heading in the future. Yeah. Our our intention over the course of the next couple of months is to continue these conversations, hopefully hopefully with, with individual unique podcasts where we get a chance to talk to these these, these yeah. folks again and again. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll continue to have them on the show. There's no doubt about that. Sure. And also, when we resuscitate the uh, Wild Country website here in you know mid-November, we'll, we'll continue this discussion. <laughs> I mean, obviously, as has been pointed out, there's just a lot more ground to cover. Uh, there is. Bottom line is that at the end of this show, yeah. at roughly you know seven forty-five or so, mm-hmm. we're going to come back to this discussion. And uh, if you're so if you so choose, go to the Facebook page, go to the text tool four nine four five one, or give us a call. Give us eight hundred eight two nine zero nine five zero two zero six two eight six ninety five ninety five. Let's take a break. When we come back. We're going to spend some time looking for where the fish are biting. We'll head down to the South Coast, check in with Andy Martin about the Chetco bubble right here on Sports Radio 950 KJR and Comcast Sportsnet Northwest. Northwest Wild Country on Seattle's Sports Radio 950 KJR. So it uh, looks like we're going to have a fairly active day on the old text tool here. Boy, so I tell you what, Indications, man. we've got some Firing up, man. folks with some opinions here, which is great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, drop us a text at 49451. You can give us a call at 800-829-0950. Um, tune in to iHeart. Go to uh, the iHeart app if you haven't already so you can listen uh, to it throughout the country. That's the iHeart Radio app. I just download it and uh, look for uh, KJR Sports Radio. Uh, so we talked a couple weeks ago, Dwayne, about uh, the new split-season structure uh, for the Chetco bubble. This fishery, of course, is one that we, we visit this fishery theoretically. In, in, in. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mind only. Um, every year about this time of year, because <laughs> yes, that is, as you pointed out, it produces probably the biggest, mm-hmm. biggest Chinook anyways in the lower 48. I it think really it's safe does. to say that the, that the Chetco River uh, is, is sort of kind of the standard as far as big fish goes. Refer back to that um, nearly 70 pounder that uh, one of Andy Martin's clients mm-hmm. caught uh, four years ago in that river. So curious. Now, this split season deal is, um, you know, it's, I think it's probably difficult for some people because, you know, anytime you can fish for two days, then you have to take a week off. 
and then you can fish for a couple, three more days. A little, little bit difficult to, to match that schedule. However, today is the reopener of part two. And uh, stationed down in Brookings preparing to uh, to go fish that is Andy Martin of Wild Rivers Fishing. Andy, uh, I guess the first question of the morning is how's the weather today? Because I know that uh, the first couple of days that this uh, fishery was open, the weather was a little bit tough. How was it this morning? Are we there? Mm-hmm. Hold on. Hold tight. We're almost there. Are you oh. there, Andy? Yes. Okay. There we go. There you go. Anyways, weather report. Yeah, it's uh, perfect weather today. It's 5 to 10 knot winds. Well, four feet uh, inside Chuckle Cove where we fish. It's going to be like a lake. Night and day difference from last week. That's oh. hard to believe because we're up here, you know, kind of waiting for for weather mm-hmm. to arrive here. So that's this is good news. So tell me a little bit about last week. What I mean, how was how was the first the first half of the split season? Well, well, there were there were a lot of fish out there last week. Uh, most boats caught fish, but it was it were they were real challenging conditions. We had a partially breaking bar, uh, winds up to twenty knots from the south. Oof. Um, four to five foot wind chop at times, so it was it was rough, sloppy weather. But there were a lot of fish there, and it looks like uh, there's still a good number of fish out there. Some of these fish bolted up river with the rains that we had last week, but yesterday in the estuary there were quite a few jacks caught and a handful of adult, of adults. So that means that there's still a lot of fish out in the ocean waiting to come. And when we were doing our bottom fish trip yesterday, we saw a lot of marks right by the bar, just just on the other side of the bar out in the ocean. The fact it's going to be like a pond out there this morning is good news. That gives you a good opportunity to go after them. So how deep of water are we fishing again out there, Andy, and what's uh, what's your go-to to get it done? This is shallow water. The The mouth of the river is 20 feet deep. We're fishing in 20 to 40 feet deep of water. The, um, the fish are holding just off of the beach, just outside the mouth. We're trolling just like you do on the, on the Columbia River or some of the other bays in Oregon, a, a spreader, a uh, Six to eight ounces of lead, big owls, fish, flash flasher, and plug cut herring. Nice. Uh, I think I probably asked you before, too, and just trying to remember down there, you know, water clarity is probably pretty good as it is, uh, or d- depending what's coming out of the river at, at times. But uh, are we brining up our herring? You're relying on UV? Does natural shine yeah, get it done? What, what do you need? I use mostly natural, but I've, took a, I've taken a third of my baits today, and they're brined in the the Posky Firebind, the blue is my favorite color. Chartreuse mm-hmm. or green is good as well. But with the calmer water, there's not as much silt and sand being washed around, so the, the water is really clear today. So I've lengthened my leaders as long as we can go. I have really long leaders. And for the flashers, I only have half of the rods of flashers today. Also, you're rolling uh, just, a, just a straight herring with a lead drop and no flasher at all. Yeah, on, on half of the rods. Yep. The, the flasher is still important, and... Uh, if you don't use any flashers, your whole catch rate will go down. But all you need is a couple flashers to draw them in. But this this water probably has 10 to 15 feet or more of visibility right now. Wow, Andy, that uh, that particular fishery. Let's let's talk about that as as it kind of relates to the rest of the coast. Uh, we'd had a conversation a couple of weeks ago just about sort of the presence of Chinook throughout the entire region. Uh, let's let's widen our, our our view a little bit and look at say. The, the Chetco as as the actual in-river fishery starts. And let's take a look at some of the other areas as well. Let's look at the Rogue. Let's look at the Coos. Um, kind of give us an analysis of that entire South Coast fishery so far. Well, Cape Blanco by Port Orford is the turning point of the South migrating salmon and the North migrating salmon. So the Elk River, the Sixes River, Coos, Coquille, Clear Potomac, and beyond, those rivers, those fish, the salmon from those rivers all migrate north to Alaska and British Columbia. From the Rogue River south, those are South migrating stocks. And even though our, our summer ocean salmon season wasn't very good this summer, the Rogue Bay had a phenomenal season all you know, from late June 
here until now, they're still catching kings. They had a, they had a tremendous run out of Eureka, California. The fishing was hot all, all summer. Hmm. Wasn't anywhere else, but the, the water temperatures were right just there. And that's where a lot of these Rogue River and Chekhov and Smith River fish spend the, spend the summers when they're in the ocean. Uh, the Eel River there by Eureka is having a really good run right now. The, the Klamath and the Sacramento had kind of a disappointing run. That's probably why the salmon season out of Brooklyn here in the summer when we fish on those stocks is down. But by all indications, we're going to have a really strong run on the Checo and the Smith because they, they easy mirror what happens on the Rogue. How far south do those fish travel? Any idea? Uh, from the coated wire tags and the commercial fishery from Eureka to San Francisco or Monterey, are where those fish are, are mainly caught in the ocean. The Eel River Canyon off of Cape Mendocino, south of Eureka, there's huge depth change, thousands, a thousand feet uh, vertical almost in some of the stuff. And that's where a lot of these south migrating stocks spend their, the ocean portion of their life. And lots of bait there for the last couple of years and that good fishery out of Eureka. So that, you know, we, we, we're, we're optimistic about what's going to happen on the Checo. And we've already seen a, a good early season in the estuary and in the tidewater. And if the weather was better last week, the uh, the catches would have been you know outstanding out of Brookings. There was still a couple hundred fish caught during the first few days of the season. What were uh, what were ocean conditions last year down south? I mean, we were we were fighting through that whole blob phenomenon, and you know, extremely warm ocean conditions, lack of nutrient base, lack of forage fish, and it uh, it affected our fisheries to the point we cut, we shut down a lot of them. Coho fisheries are. Returning uh, humpies were malnourished. Uh, did you guys see? Because I can't recall. Did you guys see any uh, any downward trend in size we, of fish and numbers last year? We uh, not necessarily in size. Uh, we we did see a lot of warm water, but there was also a lot of bait fish, a lot of krill. The shrimpers on the southern Oregon coast and out of Crescent City, California, had a just a, a banner year. They had a a, a great catch, and they're, they're actually still shrimp boats going out this year too, just like last year. So there is there are a lot of food fish. We've seen a lot of anchovies. Yeah. But our, the reason our season this year is split is a split season with only five total days. Statewide in Oregon, the Department of Fish and Wildlife is being more cautious about the the fall salmon season. So you know they they cut the season. You know we have less than half of what we normally have. But the the size of our fish this year is the, those average twenty twenty five up to thirty pound fish on average the biggest i saw last week out of the bubble season on the checo was a 42 pounder mm. and we're, we're hoping that today or tomorrow we see those 50 pounders start coming in oh yeah andy let's talk about sort of the uh the history of this particular fishery meaning the chetco river it's one that uh that it's one of the very few places where uh, you know there's a wild fish keep uh, as we pointed out i mean the genetics there are are some of the the best in the entire world frankly um how how is it compared to like you know the five year average the ten year average i mean as far as just the general overall health of that fishery well I, I think the fishery remains strong and it's been strong for a long time. The Chekos only fifty five miles long, but the top thirty five miles of this river is basically wilderness and it's not accessible and all that spawning area is protected in wilderness area. Uh, there's a, a decent hatchery program for the lower river, but the, um, the, we, we have a, we have a real diverse run. The majority of the fish are four-year-old fish up to 20% of the fish are five-year-old fish. We actually sometimes will see more five-year-olds than three-year-olds. And, uh, there's a handful of six-year-olds that come in every year. And those are those 50 plus pound fish. Hmm. 
Let's take a look at your season as it progresses now. So uh, once you're complete with this with this bubble fishery, where where will you fish? Kind of where does where does the, uh, the the schedule take you? Well, we got major we have major rain coming this week, starting on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, clear through the weekend. So we've been fishing out of our jet boats during the day and getting all of our river gear ready in the evening and getting the drift boats ready. And I expect by Sunday or Monday of next week we're going to be drifting down the Checo and the Smiths, running maglips for salmon that's pretty much your uh once you get in river that that plug pulling maglip drill is pretty much your go-to isn't it i i i fish bait a little bit but i i really like fishing plugs i got a source where i got some real good quality live sardines a lot of tuna bellies so uh you know we're, we're ready to go and we can't wait to start backing those maglips downstream and start catching some of the big kings up river out of the drift boat now, Andy, you're running several guides under you this year, correct? So you, if, if someone wants to fish, that you've got some room. Yeah, I have. I've partnered with a lot of the local guides here in Brookings and, uh, you know, guys that I went to high school with here and fished with in Alaska and, you know, guide full-time during the, the fall and winter. So, uh, yeah, there's, there, there's quality local guides available for this fishery still. My lo- schedule, unfortunately, is full, but the, the guides who work under me, there's still some seats left. You can log on to www.wildriversfishing.com. That is the website for uh, Andy Martin. You can give him a call at 206-388-8988. Andy, uh, thanks for the information, buddy. Uh, good luck this morning. I hope to see a picture of a 45-pounder on Facebook here before too long. Okay, thanks a lot, guys. All right, All right man, we'll take it easy. You. Yep, see you. You hear that, Shangle? They got room. Not yeah. in Andy's boat, but no, you know, somebody yeah. that he trusts. Absolutely, yeah. You know? It's yeah. just miles on the truck. That's all it is. Like you know, a thousand, miles on the thousand or so. <laughs> like we've talked there. about before, you just yeah. don't pull up. No. Oh, hey, we're here. Uh, let's just take a little, let's take a little, little dip over the Checo. You got to <laughs> put a little effort in, but probably well worth it. Let's, uh, let's turn our attention to a fishery that's a little bit closer. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll check in with Cal Stocking of Cause for Divorce Guide Service. Get a little bit of an update. Skagit River Coho, we have an opportunity. We didn't expect it uh, when we ended the season. So oh, we'll, we'll kind of get a read on how that's going to play out right here on Sports Radio 950 KJR and Comcast Sportsnet Northwest. Northwest Wild Country on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. 644 Sports Radio 950 KJR, Comcast Sportsnet Northwest and around the country on the iHeart radio app. Um, keep the texts coming to 49451 and um, keep the, the phone number stowed. 800- lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 800-829-0950-206-286. 95-95-4 later in the show when we do our uh, our Ask the Director analysis wrap-up. Uh, so we'd um, we'd uh, not expected a fishery on the Skagit River this mm-hmm. season. And uh, lo and behold, I believe it is on the 28th River Open. Yeah, somewhere around there. So kind of curious about kind of how the uh, the season has progressed so far in the opinion of a, of a local. So we'll go ahead and talk to one of those locals, Cal Stocking of... Cause for divorce guide service, uh, Mr. Stocking. Let's uh, let's take a look at the the mighty Skagit in the Cascade. I guess, um, kind of paint the picture, my friend. What's uh, what's the scene up there today? Windy, lots of leaves in the water. Oh boy! Oh boy! Rainy, 
<laughs> a, Typical, a, uh, yeah, fall day. Sounds com- like fall fishing. A, a comfortable guide day. Yeah, you bet. On the uh, on the mm-hmm. river this morning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, it, it started out with a bank up here. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fishing the first couple of weeks uh, after the opener has been absolutely unbelievable. Uh, since then, things have changed a little bit. It has tapered off, but the good thing about it is there are fish scattered throughout the whole system. Uh, guys that want to, that don't have a lot of access via boat, I would go up and spend some time up on the Cascade. There's over 1,500 fish in the hatchery now, and they seem to just keep on coming. So there's been a lot of uh, a lot of activity up here, but there are a lot of fish to go around. It's it's going to be an amazing year. How did this uh, how did this weather the last 24 hours treat the river? Bump up a bit? Actually, uh, getting dirty at it, all? It, it did bump a little bit. Uh, the creeks, the lower creeks, Finney Creek, Crescentine on down, got a little dirty, but they're not muddy. They're just that iron-stained look. Mm-hmm. The river had about 10 feet of viz prior to the storm, so it's still very, very fishable right now. Let's talk a little bit, Cal, about how the early approach was and how you found success technique-wise. And now that we got a little bit of stain in the water, a little bit of little bit of turbidity flowing in there, what uh, what do we need to change to to be able to find these guys and be successful? Well, and the Skagit, being the river that it is, cover lots of water. Right. Uh, that's the key to catching coho up here. Yep. If you're not finding them in one place, move. Don't stay there very long. Uh, you've got to cover tons of water in the day to be pretty successful up here uh just your old usual uh twitching jigs i love to twitch jigs mm-hmm. and uh your vibraxes step up brighten the colors up a little bit a little bit bigger sizes when it gets a little color into it but this river fishes really well with about three to four feet of viz for coho uh, and like i said it's been too clear the last couple of weeks so this should just put it right on the money right now it should just be really dialed in the next day or two Give us a uh, give us a detailed rundown of the uh, prototypical cow stocking coho twitching jig. What is it that you like to see in a twitching jig? I tie up the biggest disaster you've probably ever laid your eyes on. <laughs> they yeah. look like crap. Yeah, <laughs> so perfect. I tie my own uh, pink, purple, uh, black, reds, whites. Uh, mix it up every given day, every given hour, <laughs> fifteen minutes for that matter up here. It changes on what they want anyway. I mean, so what's your, what's your opinion on sort of kind of the, I guess, for lack of a better term, the, the poof level? I mean, how, how much material are you going to use in this thing? poof level. How much material the do you use? Level. Yeah. Yeah. poof level. Yeah. I actually run more than what most people do. Right. Big profile. I like a lot of poof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I like a big long tail. I like throw a little rabbit in with it sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you know, a little flash of do sometimes, sometimes not. Uh Again, if you fish it for 15, 20, 30 minutes, move. If, you're, if you've got fish jumping around and you see fish, they're not biting chains because some point in time they will. That's uh, just typical coho fishing up here. You tying these bigger profile jigs on a half-ounce head. I've really gone to a lot of half-ounce heads uh, on my jigs that I personally tie up, Cal, because I like the rate of rise and fall. And, and at times it yep. seems that that really triggers the bite. It's a, it's a reactionary bite anyway. Some of these round head three eight ounce jigs take mm-hmm. a little bit too long to get down, um, and more times than not, you know, I'm I'm finding them fish as soon as that thing smacks the bottom, a real subtle Bam. twitch at times really gets them fired up, and they they suck that thing up like a bass right off the bottom. So where are you at on half ounce versus three eights? I don't even hardly buy three eights anymore. Yeah, so it's the same thing. The biggest thing is getting them down and keeping them down. You know, if you're fishing on those seams and on the 
in any current at all, three eighths just doesn't do it for you. Yeah, it washes out. So, mm-hmm. yep. The half ounce has been a big change for me. Um, I've been fishing for years like that. You know, humpies, I'll still fish the three eighths, but uh, for the coho, you're trying to get down in that slow water, and your target area of a lot of the holes that you're fishing is very small. And so, if you don't get down to where the fish are, you're not going to catch them. You run, uh, you run braid on your spinning rod, and first of all, what size spinning rod have you uh, adjusted to? You know, we went through the whole time frame of guys using those one-piece seven-foot rods, seven-and-a-half-foot rods, seven-two. Some guys are back to eight-and-a-half foot. Uh, and what are you putting on as far as strength of braid, and do you run that right to your jig, or do you run a top shot of mono when the water gets clear? I don't use any braid when I'm fishing. I okay. don't use braid on any of my spinning rods. It's just my personal preference, so. I'm running 10-pound either line and maybe step it up to 12, depending on where I'm fishing. Uh, but the castability goes to hell pretty quick. So I've stuck with the 10-pound either line, and I'm running a 9-foot, 8-17 to 17 twitching rod. Okay. That's what I've settled on. And it's been uh, you got to have enough backbone to move those fish, but you want that. Mm-hmm. I don't like to sit the tip too soft on my twitching rods because mm-hmm. I said you want – all your rod action going to move that jig and not right. bending the rod. Yeah, you lose too much. You give up too much. You know, if you got to, you know, move that rod two feet to get the tip to move a couple inches, it doesn't make sense. It sounds like you're staying back off of stuff pretty far in casting. And uh, I would venture to say if you're running 10 and 12-pound mono, you're not fishing around a lot of structure, a lot of wood. Down south, we fish around a ton of wood, and we got to up up our line, and that's why we use braid. And if it's gin clear, we use fluorocarbon top shots and things like that. Up in the Skagit, that doesn't sound to be the case, or am I completely wrong there? Well, that's both. We fish a lot of timber up here. It just really depends on the section of river that I'm fishing. Um, I guess I can say that I've known, I know it well enough that I can tell somebody not to cast there. Oh, that's <laughs> I'm pretty true. successful and not losing all my stuff. Right. Let's uh, let's move the conversation over. Same questions for uh, for your spinners. Now you mentioned them kind of very briefly. Let's 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 walk through the details there. Color sizes, all that stuff. Reds and golds, blue and silver, chartreuse, even in the cerises, the pinks. Um, if I had four or five to go to, that's what I would run. Uh, a lot of guys fish too small, I think, on their spinners up here. I run fives most of the time now. Uh, again, the biggest factor is to get them down to the bottom. Um, fours work really well in a lot of water, but, uh, for me, it's about getting that, uh, spoon and spinner down and then spoons. I probably fish spoons more than I do spinners. Even with clients? Yes. Hmm. Um, would you say the biggest mistake, and as far as what I've observed, uh, Cal, is, uh, oftentimes when guys, uh, start attempting to fish spinners or they're fishing spinners, first of all, they cast them downriver too far, uh, and then they're retrieved. The thing's just going like crazy and doesn't get down to where the fish are. And or even if, if they do cast slightly upwards and let the current, you know, let that line belly kind of sweep it through the hole as you should, they still retrieve it too fast. Absolutely. I see, like I said, you see it all the time. Anybody fishing spoons and spinner, unless they've done it for <clears throat> quite a while. Mm-hmm. They don't know. Uh, even on dick nights, we see guys reeling way too fast. Yeah. I mean, they can be running a half or three-quarter ounce chunk of lead with a dick night, and as soon as it hits the water, they start cranking on it. You really need to let that stuff sit and get down to the bottom. Let it tap the bottom once or twice before you ever turn the reel handle. Right. And 
it will produce 10 times as many fish for people. And it doesn't matter if it's a big night, Pentec or a Blue Fox, any of the spinners that are out there. Um, one thing that we found out of the boat on those spinners is we like to cast them upstream at a 45-degree angle, just like we would when we're boondogging. Yeah. Let them go down, hit the bottom, and then crank them back through the hole nice and slow. And that, that works extremely well up here. Cal, real quickly here, what's your availability as far as open seats for the next little bit? Oh, it's hunting season two. That's my problem. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> I got you. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've got I've got quite a few openings still. So okay. All the way through the end of November. We're going to throw your number out. Uh, the number is 360-428-5038. Go to Facebook. Uh, follow Cal Stocking Cause for Divorce Guide Service. Hey, Cal, thanks for the check-in, my friend. Uh, good luck this morning, buddy. All right. Good to hear from you. Thanks, Yeah, guys. man. Take it easy. Take yep. care. All right, bye. Yeah, you know, oftentimes, Shingle and I would get guys in the boat, we'd throw in hoochie spinners, you know. Uh, yeah. When conditions are ideal yeah. and you got, like he says, three to four to feet of visibility, nice green in those cohorts, tight to the shore and mm-hmm. into the wood. Man, you know, guys always want to cast downstream and retrieve those spinners. And really, it's yeah. it's a simple concept. You know yeah. what? Think drift fishing. Yeah. Throw that sucker upriver. Let the current sweep it into the hole. Let that line belly drag it down and slowly start cranking. You might feel it bounce bottom once or twice. But that's in the zone you want to be, and it's yep. a really slow retrieve. And the problem is, we fish these spinning reels that have quite a uh, quite a fast gear ratio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know, a lot of pickup on those. A lot of pickup sure. on yep. those things per crank. So yep. you really gotta. I mean, you really gotta slow it down and yep. present that thing and let the current push that thing through. The less that blade flicks and flutters, and if it has some rise and fall to it, that gets coho more fired up than a fast whirling blade that's going 100 miles an hour. We're going to jump out for our uh, final break of the 6 o'clock hour and the 7 o'clock hour. We'll do a little bit of a look ahead to the uh, the waterfowl season. We're going to have uh, ducks and geese aplenty here uh, before too long. Also, we're going to spend some time uh, you know, exploring, as we pointed out, the uh, Ask the Director special. Again, the numbers are 800-829-0950 and 206-286-9595. Break time. We'll be back on Hour 2 right here on Sports Radio 950 KJR and Comcast Sportsnet Northwest. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.